Hello and welcome to our APW Property Podcast. Uh, in this podcast, we look at all sorts of subjects to do with the UK housing market, and we like to put that information out there for you as potential buyers of UK property. Uh, APW has been advising expats on their purchases in the UK for over 30 years. And with me today is Callum Williamson, one of APW's top team. Hi, Callum. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, uh, you got my name right. My name is Paul Shearer. I'm an independent writer and journalist and have been writing and living in and renting and uh, being an accidental landlord now for over 15 years. But I've been writing about property and living in them for a lot longer. We've been looking at the broad brushstrokes of investing in property and what strategies you can have. Uh, we've had a look at investing for income. Uh, today we're going to look at the buy and hold strategy. Tell us a little bit about that, Callum. Uh, what does it mean? Sure, yeah. It's, it's, it's perhaps the most simple of the three sort of basic strategies we're looking at, uh, which sort of tie in with the three sort of stages of life, broadly speaking, that is. But the buy and hold is exactly what it you know what it says you buy a property and you and and you hold it just picking up on those three stages of life yes you've got the young just starting out on their career maybe they haven't owned a property they have a lot to learn about the processes the conveyancing the mortgage brokers the mortgages what kind of mortgage what kind of property what does leasehold mean they you know there's uh, there's a fair bit to know about property if you're just starting out you've got the people in midlife who may have bought a property before maybe they've got now earning well and they've got some extra cash in the bank and they're starting to think well what can I do with this can I invest in property in the UK and then you've got the people thinking about their retirement and thinking well how can I get some income to support my existing pension pots or my national insurance contribution state pension uh, so those are the kind of three broad categories but yeah so uh, b back to the buy and hold story yeah, and and that's it's a good point. You know, those are the three categories, and generally the three different um, buy and hold, creating immediate income, or the BRRR, buy, refurbish, refinance, rent out, equate to those different types of buyer types. But there are outliers, as there are as there is with everything in life. You know, so um, back to the simple buy and hold strategy. It's normally associated with that earlier first time buyer for a couple of reasons. One, because it's you know perhaps the most simple and the easiest to do. So if you have a limited knowledge of property and it's your first one or it's a starting point, you just don't want to be getting involved and you don't want hassle of sort of managing it, then it's just a really simple way to go. You know, as the name suggests, it is it is perhaps the least hassle. Anyone can do it, but to reap the most rewards from it, you need patience and time. You know, it's a longer term, buy it and hold it for the long term. Just to give a sort of breakdown of, of the basics of how it works and the things you need to consider if you think it's the right strategy for you you know you need a 15 to 25 year time horizon i would say saying we always love time in the market not timing the market so the more time you are physically in the market the better with this strategy so what do you do you buy a property a vanilla plain property in a good location using your pie population infrastructure employment has it got those things you buy a good quality property with a deposit of 20 to 30 percent you put that down you get an interest and repayment mortgage on the remainder and that's key because the income income strategy is an interest only mortgage this is interest and repayment so you're paying off that mortgage hence why in 20 years time it's going to be paid off you don't have to worry about the debt and the income is all yours so it's delayed gratification i guess 
you put a tenant in it and then you have the tenant, the income that the tenant is paying you pays off the mortgage and all other costs if you've uh, bought correctly and are getting a yield of 5% plus. You then put a management company in place who takes care of the whole thing for you or the management deals with the tenant and you sort of set it and forget it, as we say. Uh, properties paid off in, in 15, 20, 25 years, depending on how aggressive you are. And then you get to work with saving another deposit and just repeat the process. So you just buy it and you hold it. And then over time, time works its magic and it gets paid off. So that's um, it's a very attractive idea because it's so hands-off, isn't it? Once you've put the managing agent in place, once you've uh, absorbed all of the purchase costs, once you've set the mortgage up right, um, what, are, <clears throat> what are some of the bad things that could happen? Obviously, you know, mortgage terms are, well, they're flexible, aren't they? They, they tend to be 15-year, 20-year, 25 years. So you can set that right at the beginning. Uh, but the fixed-term uh, idea, well, now you can have 10-year fixed rates. Uh, so you could fix for 10 years, which means that the payments are not going to change for that 10-year period. What would some of your other advice be about how to set it up properly? Yeah, I think you're right there. It's it's a simple, it is the most simple of approaches, but you do have to do a bit of legwork still. I mean, you can find people to do it for you, but you'll still need to do a bit of paperwork. And if you'd like to do a bit of researching, all that sort of stuff. So you will need to put in some resources in the form of time, but it is, is easier than the others. Some of the other cons, look, it's not the quickest approach, you know, so if you're looking to build a portfolio this way, you do need to save that 20 to 30% every time you're not getting income from the properties by and large because it's all going towards the mortgage so you have to save that money 20 to 30 percent out of your own pocket so as opposed to the income approach where you know you're getting extra money every month and you can probably speed the property purchasing up you know you're probably getting less because you're saving towards a property each time so you need to save each time it does take a long time but as matthew mcconaughey says give yourself some green lights and then the other thing, I guess, is, as you say, is the mortgages, you know, and that's something you need to factor in. So, you know, if mortgage rates rise beyond a certain level, can you still afford to sort of service the, the mortgage payments? You know, if, if uh, you need to chip in a bit of cash yourself, are you able to do that? Are you willing to do that? Uh, and, you know, that then factors into sort of where do you buy, what yield are you targeting? Because if you're not willing to, you know, maybe fund the property for a period of time yourself, then you need to get a higher yield. If you are willing to do that, then you can look at a slightly lower yield. But I think, you know, if you target that 5% mark, 5 6%, then you're going to be covering all costs. I think also the it's about where you pitch your calculations right at the start, because there is an element of risk in property. One element is about maintenance. Uh, you need a contingency fund if you have to fix the roof. And if it's in a, a block of flats, you have to have a pot of cash in case maybe the managing agent suddenly say, we need to redo the entire stairwell uh, and every uh, apartment in the block has to contribute a an amount. So you have to have a sort of backup plan for some of those. And it's about where you pitch that and where you pitch it in your calculations. Sometimes you can say, well, I'm going to I'm going to be not making very much out of this for the first five years, but then it should get easier. And then I can start saving towards that maintenance fund. And I have got some savings. So if there was a problem in the first five years, I could just about manage it. But you have to have some awareness of that because 15 years is a long time. Or 20 and 25. Yeah, for sure. And that's all part of the, the the planning and the goal setting. You know, you need to ask yourself the question, am I willing, you know, do I want 
a potential hassle of having to replace things and, and sort of redo things. If the answer is no, then you know, okay, well, when I'm looking for my property, I probably need to be looking at something that's new, something that's still under a, a ten, the 10 year National House Builders Council warranty or something that's that's brand new. So, you know, it's, it's the chances of something going wrong are smaller. You know, if you're willing to accept that, that you might have to replace things, then you're probably happy to go and buy a Victorian terrace somewhere that might give you a slightly higher yield. Uh, you know, if you don't want to put that fund aside yourself, then you go down the flat route, then you're paying a service charge every, every year, which is going towards sort of things like the general upkeep of, of the property. So you don't have to factor that in like you would on a property, uh, a freehold property or a house yourself. So these are all things, you know, you need to say, well, do I want as simple and as easy and as hands off as possible? then you, you think, well, maybe I need to do something that's a little bit newer or whatever it may be. And, and these are all things you factor into your plans. And if it's a, you know, if it's a brand new, if you're new to property and it's a first time thing, then I would personally say it's beneficial to do something that's as easy as possible to start sort of getting your head around it and understanding how it all works. And then as you build experience and knowledge and figure out what you like and what works you can you can look at different approaches but yeah you need to you need to look at all the costs it's not you know it's the mortgage if you're buying a flat there's a service charge there's no longer ground rent anymore on, on new build properties but it is you know worth then putting a, a, a bit aside for you know, landlord's insurance 10-15 quid a month and and other things that you may need you know it's worth having a sinking fund there but again if you're you know a lot of it should be covered if it's a new property. If you're working with a good management company, they'll take a lot of hassle out of that for you. You know, if you're trying to manage it yourself, then you'll have tenants calling you and texting you in the middle of the night if you live overseas. So it's all about just understanding what you want and then putting something appropriate together. Yes, the only factor that obviously some people don't uh, take account of is uh, regulation. And sometimes there's more regulations come in and uh, even the best managing agents, you know, can't predict what kind of regulation there's going to be in 10 years time. Uh, so it could be uh, any number of things. It could be the electrical inspection condition reports. There could be the uh, the new uh, fire safety regulations. So there are all sorts of things. But like you say, it's about a learning process. And as you have those responsibilities of, of an owner of a rented property, you will learn them as you go. When was your first purchase, Callum? My, my very first was in... 2017 2018 which was an off plan with one of the companies that, that we use prosperity because it was a real low hassle approach and i got a pretty good deal and a free car, car parking spot from joe who runs prosperity so <laughs> i was very fortunate i was in a lucky position there but um more recently uh, purchasing cardiff which was a bit of a learning curve because it was sort of going through again it was another off plan purchase and it's a flat because I found that easier being overseas to, to just sort of reserve something and not have to battle with people on the open market. And that was a bit trickier because it was sort of at the tail end of COVID and then rates started going up and, you know, it was delayed and then I had to reapply for mortgages, get extensions and all of that sort of stuff. So that was a little bit trickier, but, you know, it, it's done now. And, and as a result, over that year period where, where the build was delayed, rents, rose a lot in Cardiff actually I think it's 12.6 percent according to the Zoopla report from the end of last year so what was I think it was a thousand pounds was the predicted monthly income on the property when I purchased it 
is now at 1,400 and it's 7% yield. So it's worked in my favor by sticking with it. And now it's even easier to manage because it's paying the mortgage and then putting some good cash in my pocket as well. So it's the best of both worlds. So, uh, but that's come from, you know, researching and buying, right? So that's why that, that is so important to do. Well, if you need to know more, APW are always on hand uh, to help and advise you and can point you in the direction of all the other expertise that you need, uh, whether it's mortgage brokers, uh, insurance experts, uh, agents, managing agents, people who can put your whole portfolio inside a company, uh, all of those things, and tax advisors. There there is so much in the process, which is why we put these podcasts out, because we're trying to help everyone understand some of the minutiae of the the whole process. Uh, but that's it for today. Thank you very much, Callum. Thanks, Paul. And I'd just like to say very quickly, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you obviously like us. So if that's the case, please go in, uh, rate us and leave a comment saying how much you enjoy it and how good we are, because apparently it helps us go up the ratings. So thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Okay. Uh, my name's Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.